Live. Live on. Live on set. And welcome to another episode of Live on Set. Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. I've said it probably, God, I don't know, five or ten times this season. This was not the intention when we started, but season four has been a little bit of the friends, a little bit of the family category, and we are keeping it going with episode 69 of Live on Set. Ladies and gentlemen, making his fourth appearance on Live on Set, one of my best friends in the world, Henry Molsky. Henry, how's it going? Great. I'd just like to take this opportunity to say nice. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. I, I can tell you honestly that there's so many things I, I can't wait to jump into and talk about, but this episode has been one that I did not intend on recording 69 and 70 to be a part of season four. I had to push back a couple episodes because mm-hmm. of being COVID and not having a voice, but here we are and I'm very excited. And thank you for signing up to say yes for episode 69 at a very last minute situation. Yeah, it's uh, we, we are recording this on 4th of July weekend. Fireworks are out. It is hot everywhere. I'm sure all of the, uh, the loyal listeners in Orlando are sweating it out this weekend. But um, we, you, you got the links to hit up later this afternoon. What, what do we got on schedule today? I am playing golf with my father. I played yesterday, and I think you will enjoy this. Hopefully, the listeners of the show as well. But the golf game is in a really good place right now. But literally dodging the storms yesterday, my father literally and figuratively stole the thunder from me. Perfect drive, perfect seven iron from like 160 out. My father, bad drive, great punch shot. My father, 10 yards off the green with his putter, putts in for birdie from about 35 yards. And I missed my birdie putt and the par putt barely went in and my father then proceeded to birdie three of the next four holes so, <laughs> have uh, you beaten your father i have not beaten my father in 18 holes of golf but i have beaten my father walking the nine hole course in orlando i need to my father and i have not hit the links in a long time i'm sure he would still just demoralize me <laughs> <laughs> i i definitely Every single word you've said so far has been 100% the truth in regards to the heat, humidity, et cetera. We'll play an afternoon round. It will test us, but I've been hydrating all day so I can get through it um, and hopefully dodge some, some showers and thunderstorms, but we should be good. You know, I, what keeps happening to me, and this probably happens, you, you realize it probably just, I don't know if I'm more aware of it because I, I haven't golfed in so long, yep. but God, I, the older I get, the more and more other men ask me, do I golf? I always say, I always have to be like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and so here I am. I'm, I'm like, am I just getting peer pressured into golfing again? Is this like the, is this the party conversation that I have to pick up and start hitting the links again? Right. I don't dislike it. I, it just, every once in a while, I'll come across someone that doesn't golf as much as me and people the and you'll, you agree with this too, because you don't get out there every time, but it's like, you're looking at four or five hours of your weekend. That's just sure. Gone, which can be a good thing. Don't right. get me wrong. Right. But God, that's that's like, I don't know. I'm not doing like the math on sleeping, but that's a solid 30 to 40% of your weekend right there. Right. You as someone who on occasion could travel for work, but most importantly, you are a father and a husband. So I understand that yeah. your organization and how your week layout, 
your 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 son needs his naps. Austin needs his naps as well. Yeah, I can right. tell you that it's as if you know the time to play a round of golf has not changed from when I started playing like in high school with friends, going out without my parent, without my dad, but then playing with my dad and just being a little bit older. I've definitely realized that it is more time consuming than I remember it being starting out. Um, but Austin needs his nap, so got to be yeah, if, methodical about it. If I somehow pick up like an extra three day, if I want well, not extra three day weekend, if all of a sudden we move to the four day work week, maybe that third weekend day can become a golf day for me, but I'll, I'll get back out right. soon enough. I feel like you and I are going to be suckered into a bachelor party of some sort in the, in the future where I'm going to have to get back out to the links. Right. And, and of all the people who, you know, between now and then, if you get the chance to play or not, regardless when you do, that first tee shot, you know, is going to be great. And then also you could probably get a birdie or have the highest odds to get a hole in one. Cause you just haven't played and get the luck back just in the groove of things. My greatest golf story is a tee shot. That's like the best shot. That's the best golf story I have. Yeah. Do I tell you the golf story? Have you heard I, of my I, golf story? Maybe, maybe, maybe. St. Andrews first yeah. tee. I don't know if I've told you this. This is pretty good. I'll keep it short for the listeners out there, but this is entertaining. Don't worry. This is high quality entertainment that we're yeah. bringing on to live on set. Yeah. No, I studied abroad at the university of St. Andrews when I was a sophomore in college. Uh, it's when Austin and I met on FaceTime. Yes. And I, so you can, you can buy a Lynx pass as a student. It's like 120 pounds to play as much golf as you want at the old course. It's amazing. Yeah. Lottery on it, play whenever you want. I, when I say whatever you want, you just lottery basically against a couple other students. So you always get it. Um, so I lotteried pretty early on, like first or second week I was there, decided that we were going to go out. We had a morning and they pair you with other people. Uh, you you sign up in pairs for the most part. And they, I got paired with like well, my, my friend and I that were there were with a couple, like two guys that lived in St. Andrews, which is like the, the residents aren't too often there. And they're like, all right, you guys go ahead first. And I'm not going to do the Scottish accent. Right. We were... And we were both pretty, like, we had been golfing pretty regularly. Like, right. we had our act together. We were respectful. We, we knew what we were doing. And the two were like, all right, you two go on the tee first. And you're at St. Andrews. First, and everyone that knows St. Andrews, the first and 18th hole are, like, right there in right. the city. So any given time, especially when we were golfing in, like, late August, when there was a, still a good amount of tourists there, you're hitting with, like, a gallery. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, there's like a hundred easy people like, oh, why not? You're at the old course. You just stand there and watch people golf. Right. You've got, you've got like a, you've got a gallery every time you step up and you're at the old course stakes are high. And these two guys are like, you, you go ahead. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then my, we did rock, paper, scissors and I lost. So I had to go off the tee first mm-hmm. and it's driver first hole. Sure. I swear to you, I was, I was shaking like I've never been nervous. It was yeah. the most nerve-wracking golf shot I've ever hit in my life. I legitimately a hundred percent blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> I I blacked out when I hit. I have no idea if I took practice swings. I have no idea how pure my whatever. So I like I go back down and I'm just like I got my head down in my hands. I didn't even say anything to my my friend. I was just like, oh, shoot, that was right. the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm standing there. He hits his decent shot like kind of like just went a little wide left yeah and we're standing there the other two guys are going up and their balls and i go ed do do i need to play another ball (laughs) and he's like i remember he's like the south london guy i can't do the accent i'm not gonna he he puts both of his hands on my shoulders and he shakes me he goes mate you just hit the best shot of your life (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I hit like a, I hit like a three, like a 350 right down the middle. There's a little bend in the creek that goes right up in front yeah. of the green. Chipped on, like two putted. I did not birdie, but right. two putted for par in the first hole. But oh my god, there you go. I never I, heard. I if if you told it to me before, I don't remember it until now. Yeah, so he like I, I still remember him shaking me. You just did the best shot of your life. I'm like I I legitimately asked him I was like Do I need to play another ball? <laughs> oh my god. There you go. No, like where I am in Florida right now, it's not like the your usual courses in Orlando. So it's a bunch of different layouts, which is great. And when we met in 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 person, you know, in North Carolina for for college, you know, the the, the courses up there are much different than I'm sure that what you're used to in Ohio and what I'm used to in Orlando. But you know, where I am up here in a little bit of the northern Florida area for a little bit, I definitely love the courses up here, probably more so than Orlando, which is great. A bunch of different difficulties, you know, things like that. So We'll see. I'm excited. And my dad and I, well, my, as I said earlier, my dad had, I think, three or four birdies yesterday, and I had one. I had one birdie. Uh, but today, hopefully, another one would be nice. I would also like to say that I, a disclaimer for people at home, I am not a good golfer. That is not <laughs> me being like that I'm, I'm a hot stuff. I'm like easy. If I went out to the links today, I'd, I'd probably be like a safe 18 handicap. I need like a stroke on every hole right now. Yeah. So now, I, depending on, how I feel when I get up, when I go there, it could be bad or it could be very bad. Okay, so yeah. round before, round before yesterday, I was in the eighties. The round before that I was in the eighties yesterday. I think it was low nineties. So we'll see how it goes. My dad shot 79 and played bad. Oh, so oh everything's God. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I texted my other friend. And I said, Hey, how's it going? If I'm golfing with my father, he's like, I'll see you on the other side. I asked him for a ride and he didn't come get me. So it's great. <laughs> No, no, golf is definitely something that we don't really talk about that much. So I was glad to kind of get another another spin or take a thing. Yeah. Like I said, this is the fourth time you've been on the show. Um, but just for those who are listening, for checking in, Henry's been on at least one episode per season. So welcome back. Um, yeah. we, have, we have talked about the city of Cincinnati, which I know is where you were born and raised. A city that's very important to me. Um, I believe I'll see you next month. It'll be the 10th time I would have gone to Cincinnati, which is very exciting. Henry is no stranger to podcasts as he was a co-host on the guest who was my episode 67 guest, Connor Brown. So uh, Henry and Connor are my go-tos for anything Disney related, which is both great for me, but sad to those who know I'm from Orlando and don't know as much about Disney since I was born and raised in the city where it exists. But we've also talked about really every element of pop culture. We talked about movies, film, you know, music, sports, everything, but what I'm excited to get into today and kind of have this be a majority before I ask you that crazy question of what you're looking forward to most in the world is Stranger Things. So I want to start out by thanking you for finishing Stranger Things. I know it just came out on July 1st and we both kind of took the time. So let's talk Stranger Things. I know that we would have texted about it probably off and on every single season that it happened, but I guess I'll start with saying that season four is probably the biggest season so far. A lot of anticipation, the fact we had yeah. to wait, like a bunch of a bunch of things that we really liked in regards to COVID and COVID protocols and things getting pushed back. But I think overall it was well worth the wait. So Henry, Stranger Things. Yeah, but super impressive. I, I don't know what else to say. I it, it's neat in today's day and age. And you can it, it's a bummer too from from like the business side of things. I hate to see 
some like Netflix taking such big risks on something like a, a Stranger Things, the season, I should say. Right. The, the, the risks they're taking and struggling <laughs> from a business standpoint so bad. It's tough to see that because there's so much that I really, really like about the show that goes far beyond just like the, hey, I liked a cool show and it's got a big effect on pop culture. But it's really made me stop this past few months. Uh, it's only been on you know, a month now from when it premiered before, but it really makes me stop and go, wow, this is like pretty classic filmmaking. Like there, this reminds me of watching lost. It reminds me of watching films in the early two thousands. It's got the nostalgia from the eighties. So you get those types of filmmaking cuts and edits that are similar there. It's, it's a return to form for like, modern day series making right and and that goes beyond anything else that we'll talk about on this show i just really like the way that i criticize most things now especially the way that disney does a lot of stuff i'm so sick of seeing the city of atlanta dressed up as a different city right ironic because they do film some of the stuff in georgia (laughs) some of the stuff in georgia but but they do film a lot on location and they pump a lot of money in this thing right to, to do a lot of on location shooting yeah. I think going back to when we ever heard of Netflix being a thing, obviously, I think the first ever show on Netflix I ever watched was House of Cards. I'm not sure if it was the same for you or not. But I remember that there were some shows, Netflix originals, that really hit it off the mark, like House of Cards. I know kept yeah. crazy things aside, like very much was a successful show for Netflix. But then Marco Polo popped in like oh, that's right. 10 I or 15 million an episode. And then it completely flopped, like completely yeah. flopped. So there's been some Netflix shows who that I've the liked. lead in that? I don't even remember who the lead. Uh, you know, you can make up a name and I say, yeah, that sounds right. I legitimately have no clue. I have no idea. Never watched a second of it. I have literally zero clue. It could have gotten one season, maybe two. I'm not sure. No. But I think from where we have gotten to where, excuse me, to where we are now, I just, if, if someone tells me when you think of Netflix, what do you think? As a lover of Parks and Rec and New Girl and The Office, which I believe only now, as of now, New Girl is the only one that is on there. I associate Netflix with Stranger Things. And I would even put yeah. Arrested Development being second under that because it picked up towards the end of Arrested because it obviously was on yeah. Fox when we would have been kids. Yeah, I just think that Stranger Things of any of the streaming services that have an exclusive show, yeah, I, I think is I... We'll see how season five ends because I think that'll be the last season. I think that's what they said. But I think of a of a show that is specific to a streaming service. I think Stranger Things would be my favorite. Yeah, um, you can, yeah, you go can ahead. detach any any type of. How about this? Before we even, I mean, we don't. We're not going to review it super detailed. But before right. you you talk about any type of review of the show, everything that you and I just said is what makes it really special. Right. Yeah, it's it, the pop culture effect is huge. <laughs> I mean, it's sure. I didn't realize how big the pop culture effect was going to be when this thing came back around. Right. I mean, Gen Z, millennials, Gen X. I mean, it's everywhere. Right. It's they found a way to slice across generations in a way that I can't. I mean, definitely off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. But man, I can't think of I can't think of a show that has the ability to do that because even right. Game of Thrones 
skews a little bit skewed a little bit younger like it felt very millennial yeah much more so than like gen x or gen z but you you go online you go out in public you talk to anyone and they've got you got people that are i mean gen zers they love sadie sink they love the cast that's a part of this i mean millennials grew up on netflix so of course you know we sure we really dive into it and then gen x is in it for the nostalgia sure no, 100%. I think that that textbook thing, and you would notice it kind of growing up, but then kind of getting into it with um, either what you did in school or what you do for work, like you hear like that demographic of like 18 to 49, right? Yeah. But all the all the middle schoolers are watching it because of Millie Bobby Brown and and, and, and Finn Wolfhard and, and yeah. excuse me, and like Sadie Singh, like what you said. Then we're getting a little bit of the Taylor Swift crowd with Sadie Singh because what she did with, with All Too Well. Right. But then also you're getting in all the people that love the 80s and their nostalgia effect, right? But then also going back to season one, you had Paul Reiser. Reiser. You had Paul yeah. Reiser, who was huge in, in the 80s, stand-up stuff, comedy stuff, and then TV shows in the 90s and on to like throughout the day. Renona Ryder, who was probably the big star on the show, period. Yes, and then David Harbour, who plays Hopper, you know, was in a little bit of things. But the entire main four cast at that time, five and six, kind of including like Nancy and, and Steve, but those four main kids, no one knew who they were. Zero. No. And then I like the, the, the example of Game of Thrones because going into that, Peter Dinklage and then Aiden Gillian, who played Peter Baelish, uh, a little finger, those were the really only people that you knew straight up knew. You know, it was, uh, what's his name the first season? Why can't I think of his name? Dies and everything. Sean Bean. Yeah, everyone watched Excuse that me. show yeah, for Sean, Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean Bean. Yeah. Right, right, right. Everyone watched Game of Thrones the first yeah. show because of Sean Bean. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, no, that's true. Very true. Spoiler um, alert. Sorry, yeah. people. Right. Sorry, people. Oh, God. Hopefully Came out 10 years ago. Probably 10 years ago. That's going to be close to it. Hopefully they don't watch Lord of the Rings. But when did Game of Thrones start? It had. 11, 2012. It's, it, 10 years. It's, it's got to yeah, be 10 years. It's got to be 10 years. Good luck on that. it got to be 10 years. But no, you're so right. And, and I think going back and watching the beginning of Stranger Things, and I'm really not someone to go back and rewatch something, but I might do it because season five will be a little bit. So um, I know Netflix is really good about watch the recap. It's two and a half minutes and it's worth it. And I did the same thing when, when, when part one was May 27th and part two was July 1st. So when I was talking with Connor, it just kind of gave people enough time to even just like ask about it or talk about it. Connor, you described it so perfectly talking about kind of on your tippy toes or very careful, even bringing up the subject back when things started, because now with what you can do with binge watching. But yeah. it kind of gave us enough time where the only truly in-depth conversation that I had with anyone about Stranger Things was with Connor. And it happened to be on the show. But with, with what Stranger Things is doing, I think, so well is, or what it did specifically with part two is we legitimately, what people could see is just two episodes, eight and nine. We legitimately got two movies. Yeah, And, really and I did. think that's kind of the vibe that I felt towards the end of Game of Thrones, where we were getting a movie every Sunday night towards the end. But we got it with Stranger Things for the second half of part two. And yeah, um, it was, it was worth the wait and it was worth the watch. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it because it's so different. That's a good comparison to make because I think that last season or half season or whatever the hell they did on Game of Thrones, what did we get? Like four? I think it was episodes? six. Four or six episodes. Yeah. And each one was like an hour and change. The, fi- the finale may have been like an hour 50 or something like that. But what was different about that is it felt like we got like this big package deal where they're like, we don't have the budget yeah, to tell you the story, the way that we've been doing it before. Mm-hmm. So we need to adapt our model 
and build you something a little bit different. That's right. what it, that's what it felt like as a as a viewer to me yeah. at home. Yeah. This I, this felt like they had been our storytelling is adapting and we have something really big that we need to share. Right. Like it didn't it did not feel like I was get it obviously. I didn't feel like I was getting a corner cut. I, I feel like I got a bonus movie at the end of the season. Right. Because I mean that's kind of just the way they paced it. I mean they they pump a ton of cash in this thing. It's clear yeah. that the CG is incredible. I mean, all of it's amazing. And I don't want to come from the stance of like the Duffer brothers did not take a risk in having these last part, splitting it into two parts or having these last two being movies because their fan base is so established that yeah. we, as a fan of Stranger Things, I was going to watch whatever they put out because of how much I love the show. And yeah these i just think basically it's like it's a treat within itself and it's even on top of that i would say i probably have gone to more movies in the past year or so than you have but i can tell yes. you that although it was great to see top gun in a theater and i'm looking forward to see thor in the movie theater in the next year a week or so watching stranger things the last two episodes and having to watch it at home i got just as much as a, of a thrill out of it as I did, as if I would have like seen it in a theater. And I think yeah. there's another sort of way to describe it when you, when we talk about how these last two episodes were movie length and, 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 and runtime. And I just think it's something that is just a testament to the show. It is something like, for those who don't remember, the season two trailer of Stranger Things was a Super Bowl commercial and it was massive. It was massive. Yeah. And that's what that show really has been from the beginning when it caught on. And people have just been obsessed with, Hawkins, Eleven, Waffles, and the Upside Down. It's been great. Yeah, because they did that fake Ego commercial too before they did yeah. like the actual trailer, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember it's, that. They've been in pop. They found a way to to bust in the pop culture. It's it's right. really really cool. Right. I hate and speaking of pop culture and something that they do really well. You and I love to talk about. Yes, that's a that's a here's a future episode. Movie trailers. We just <laughs> need to talk full on. For sure. I listen. I've read online, and I am full in this camp. I I'm going to sound like an idiot. No, I I think this is a thing. It's an sure. art form. Movie trailers should have a technical Academy Award. I don't I don't need it to be, especially with the way they're doing the the award making now. Right. Like it doesn't need to be main broadcast. There should be a technical award for best theatrical trailer. Yeah. Just just saying. To that to that note, Stranger Things produces some of the most I mean, as far as television series go, the best, top right. class. There's right. no, there's no television series that produces better trailers than the team and the content team at Stranger Things because I, I, I honestly don't remember season one. Neither and it was I. different because it was the yeah. first one. You had to, you, you got to market the show way different. But right. once they had their base and they knew their, they knew their formula, you had Thriller, you had uh, Rolling Stones. What was the but, second? Uh, third season um, it was bob o'reilly um, oh the who the who yes 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 yes, yes. not yes. stones yep yes who. bob o'reilly season three uh journey separate ways yeah four and then midway season four kate bush run yes. up the hill yes so they've got four like pretty iconic trailers over over the course of three seasons they get the fan base riled up and like sharing this thing and talking about, it. I mean, it's amazing. And they I, said based on streams, not to interrupt you there, but they said Kate Bush this week, $2.3 million she earned off of streams oh my for God. going from wherever it was ranked and songs that had existed in the world to 
it it was it, I'm not sure if it went number one, but thanks to Stranger Things and what it's done, and I'm crazy. I'm I'm, I'm curious to see, and this isn't like a spoiler or anything, but with Master of Puppets, Metallica. Granted, Metallica compared to Kate Bush and Journey and stuff, Metallica has been playing stadiums and they've done yeah. multiple stadium tours since we would have met in person, like over the past ten years. But Master of Puppets and how they incorporated that and you the show, nice right? yeah. so many, oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely, can't hurt. Hey, I told, hey, I called that, didn't I? I told yes, you that's true. True, all true. I said really. So that was that song was released early, the first week of March, nineteen eighty six. And the show is taking place the third week of March, 1986. Oh my God. Attention to detail. Right. Also, also means that Eddie learned the entire, the entire track and all the chords to play in three weeks. But you know what? He was hanging out by himself for a little bit. So he definitely had the time. Yeah, he had it. Yeah. Right. I asked this question to Connor, so I'll, I'll ask it here as well. But do you have a favorite character in Stranger Things? Has it changed um, over time? Has it been the same throughout? It's a good question. I don't know. Their characters, their their ensemble is so good. Yeah. That's my or character arc, maybe. Yeah, the, the ensemble is so good. I, I do, I do actually really think that Steve is a really compelling character. And I think he's really well written. And yeah, it's easy to be like, oh, I love Steve. I hope I don't kill Steve. He's such a heartthrob. Oh, he's so cute now that he cares for the kids. But but at the end of the day, it's a pretty well-written character arc. Right. So like, I have a hard time not just being like, yeah, he is the best character on the show. So what if it's just the same as everyone else? Right. I like, I, I think Steve's a great character. I, I, obviously Dustin's like right up there too. Yeah. He, I, I think Dustin's loyalty and comedic timing definitely stands out. The dynamic between Steve and, and, and Dustin, Connor and I talked about a little bit when we talked about both Stranger Things and Top Gun. But the character arc from season one to where we are, season season four, I think Steve might be the best. Yeah. Connor said his Connor said his favorite character was Robin, Maya Hawk, who she's really bursted onto the scene and, mm-hmm. and has really been one of the, the the shining lights of the show. But I think like going into this season, season four, I, I think my favorite character is Dustin. I like what he's about. I like the whole loyalty aspect. I like how he definitely at, at a moment's notice will just completely risk it all uh, for the group i also think that the dynamic with like the girlfriend that he's got but then also the dynamic that he has with his mom at home it's just very funny overall but i i think the one person yeah. they're obviously 11 is the main thing i think millie bobby brown is great not just what she's been able to do for the show but what she does with like every aspect of everything because they're so um, like promo heavy the show and she's all over the, like the world like with her platform I think she's she's really does a, does a lot of good but I think just what we got in season four how big Will was in, in in season four I think it will be his season in season five I think how it started with yeah. Will in season one and there was so much yeah. that was going on I truly feel that season five is all going to be about Will and have him be the driving force behind it. And I just think he's, there's there's a lot to... Sort he's of got the acting chops to carry it, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's very talented. If you look back at everything that he's done since the very beginning, he was fine this year. He does a lot of really emotional scenes. Yeah. I, he's he's a good actor. Like, he's... Yeah. yeah. The only thing that's kind of... And again, I... I don't, this does not bother me in any type of film. Right. I, I more just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. And they, you can do as good of a job as possible with it. But um, when he, he looks so mature and that costuming department tries 
so hard to make him look like a kid right <laughs> with his goofy ass haircut and right. his his like his clothes that are supposed to look like baggy but make him look skinny and he's clearly right. like this fit yeah like, teenager right right and they they try i mean the the term like god bless them it's like god bless the god <laughs> right. bless the costuming department they're doing the best they can does not right. bother me but i do right. think it's funny i always right. get a kick out of like he's, he's supposed to be pretty young but right whatever. i think there's some funny memes online a lot right now but it's specific to stranger things about how the main villain of, of the entire series is like the <laughs> The hairstylist for just having him just really <laughs> knock down that haircut. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he's still going to have it in season five because they said there will be a time jump. But I, I, I think that's just like a funny aspect to it for sure. I and that's another thing is they really need to like film as soon as possible before all these kids are like even more adults than they are now. Right. When did they film this season? Because I never, I, I didn't spend the time to look and see yeah. like what got broken up and what they had already filmed and how they finished stuff i think it was like end of 2020 and and, and a good amount of 2021 i think yeah. the the thing about this show and how big it is uh, i'm curious to see are they going to do like 10 episodes for season five and split it half and half and have us wait longer i don't really know what the what their process is i think they definitely know how they're going to end it though i i think there's so it's many it's clear yeah, no, I, I thought this season was the best season yet. And this is yeah. not a spoiler at all because you, you started to see it at the end of episode seven. This season made it so crystal clear. Either they lucked out with the way that their storytelling elements went or mm-hmm. the Duffer Brothers, which I suspect is more of the latter. Right. The Duffer Brothers really had a very clear vision where they wanted to go with this thing. And they're getting there now because I'm, yeah. I'm super impressed with some of the like and it here again this is not like one of the things that's like there's not going to be a spoiler mm-hmm. but so and I, I i'm gonna have a hard time pulling something like out of the back of my head sure but it, but it does feel like a, a very common trope in tv or in movie series anything for the thing to be like it was always me from the very beginning yeah and you're like oh sure it was like yeah you know that, yeah sure it was i yeah I, and the, oh yeah, that's kind of lucky. That kind of lucky. When they say it was always me in Stranger Things, I buy. I buy that hook line. Sure. I, sure. I feel. I feel that that's those are breadcrumbs that have been intentionally sprinkled sure. from from the very very beginning. Yeah, and and I know that I don't want to say. I don't think it's much of a spoiler because it hasn't happened. But wait till the world freaks out when they find out that Eleven created the Upside Down. I think like this thing is just set up for her to just save Hawkins at the end and she's going to die for her family. Oh, that's hey. what it's going to be. Interesting. But I think you're right. You're right. You're right. You're so right. Episode I, seven, you see it there. Yeah. I also think too, and I, I'm, I am a guilty of this. I, I always kind of feel like, and maybe this is a weakness of the show too. Sure. I always kind of feel like during the seasons, I have never, maybe aside from season one, I've never been quite like, intrigued by 11 storyline i'm always like yeah the lab is yeah. interesting the kids it's super supernatural like not based in like as much freaky reality that like the rest of the show might be based in like this is very sci-fi versus like classic horror type of thing yeah like i, I don't know if i like buy it and then like it kind of makes and then like in the later seasons her storyline started to get like you know 
they'd spend all season where she's doing like solo character development, which is great for a character and stuff. Right. But I'd be like, what's going on? Like, I don't really get it. Right. And at least at the end of season three, season two, still a little bit more so end of this season you're always like god i i'm rooting for i i root for at the end of the season i'm happy for like there's cheering moments right those big moments so it's like maybe they are doing it right right i i I always find myself like you said i think she's gonna end up obviously she's got to be like the the central character sure hero's journey end of the fifth season but um but yeah i find i do they they somehow make me root for at at the end of it all sure i think everything runs through her I think, you know, she's, she's yeah. truly you yeah. know, compared to shows that we like, but directly with this show, I mean, the power that she has, you see it from episode to episode, but it's getting to the point now, like this, this, this girl, this essentially, you know, you can still argue like this child has the most power we've seen in any of these shows ever. And yeah. we probably just, you know, haven't seen truly like what she's capable of, which is insane. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. The, the, the finale, it was long. I thought, I, I thought the pacing was good. Yeah, I, I, there there may be some points like towards the very end where I it may have dragged a little bit, but like right. at the end of a TV series, uh, like a, a full length series, I, I I don't I don't get as upset about that type of thing than I might in like a movie theater. Yeah, where I'm like, you gotta you gotta tell the story and wrap right. it up. Like I right. I think you gotta set a lot of pieces in motion for the next season. You got to make sure you close all your doors on the, on the current season. Cause right. so many things get opened up over the course of four seasons and whatnot. I think if you, if you look at the last, I always like to look at this as the last three episodes being like the major finale. I like yeah. the way they broke it up. And I think it was cool to be able to have these last two to dive into Yeah, like the last three together, just kind of sing like a really exciting course you know it's it was super good i hey how about the end of i don't think it's a spoiler at this point if you're still listening you you got to know that you're getting close to spoilers what i think probably one of the biggest hype moments for me of the last two episodes was the end of episode eight where they started playing separate ways in the in the rv oh Oh, like it's incredible 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 this show which i mean this is probably something that we could even wrap up our time talking about because it's it's such such a central part of the show that has been for so long and we'll bring it back home for what we've been talking about music in the show yes drives the show yeah to the point where it even drives the storyline in a lot of cases actually all the time this year kate bush obviously last year never ending story yes i I don't know if there was a major musical element in season two i don't remember regardless this the music drives this stuff and then master of puppets all this all the music right it's, right. it's incredible it, and it brings it into pop culture again in ways that like you know get people super fired up yeah i love it and i think like the last shot you have of episode nine and brings a lot of vibes of the last scene of two towers and just like the basically the battle of helms deep is done but the battle of middle earth begins and just like yeah. that, that last scene is such a beautiful shot and and it's just going to be absolutely unreal and you know, if COVID taught us anything, you know, waiting is worth it. And I think yeah. this is just another prime example of what this show will be, that the wait will be, will be worth you, it. You are much more, uh, much more a Star Wars person than I am. Yeah. I got a lot, I got a lot of talk about Empire Strikes Back uh, type of stuff for episodes eight and nine. How do you feel about yeah. that? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, um, definitely between characters and maybe 
true origins or things like that, but how it, how it sets up, I can see some, some comparisons, but yeah. I, I'd have to think more about it, look into it. But I'd, I'd say, uh, Jimmy, oh, what's his, what's his name? Jimmy, whatever power boss, what's his name? Jamie triple name. He's got three names. Oh God. The guy, the, uh, um, Jamie Bauer, Jim something. Yeah. Anyways, Jimmy that guy, something. Yeah. he sure looks like, uh, Anakin. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. He and Anakin aren't, aren't too uh, far aren't, off. Aren't, lo- aren't looking too different these days. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I, not not to cut you off here. I know before Zoom cuts us off, we got a minute and a half, so we'll jam it here. I got to leave in two minutes for golf. It's been thundering and lightning and raining, and I and and, and I hope um, we can kind of get this round in. But real quick here before I close this out, thanks for coming on the show. This is your fourth time on the show. Four great episodes. Tell me what you're looking forward to. Anything pop culture related? Anything at all? And then I'll close this out. Now, like you said, we got Thor coming up. That's that's not bad. Hey, when you talk about Netflix giving it their all. I, let's stay on it. Let's go yeah. um, Glass Onion. Sure. I, if we're talking about like a, a movie studio that doesn't care about how much money they spend and they yep. go after it, they cast everything and they they actually have a good director and storyteller at the helm, kind of like the Duffer Brothers. Yes. They love to throw money at crap. I think they're throwing money at something good here. I got to say Glass Onion's got to be way up there. So that's Knives Out sequel, whatever series yep. with Ryan Johnson. So Yep. Uh, yes, that, that could definitely be a big one. Let's keep it on the Netflix stuff. Perfect. No, thank you for that. And yeah, Glass Onion, we'll get some reviews in that in September. It'll be on Netflix later this year. If you haven't checked out Stranger Things, please do it. It's better than ever. But thanks so much to Henry. This has been great as always. Live on set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, people I meet along the way. That's a wrap on episode 69. Henry, much love. Everyone else. Enjoy the episode. Have a great week.